This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. The Supreme Court deadlocked yesterday, and that will allow ballots in Pennsylvania to be counted even if they're received after Election Day and even without a postmark. As more evidence emerges that Joe Biden was accepting bribes from foreign nations, the media ramps up their defense with accusations of Russian disinformation. And bowing to demands from the Biden campaign, the debate commission has removed national securities from Thursday's debate topics and announced that they will mute Trump's microphone. With these stories and more from an American nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now. And thank you for tuning in to Right Now. We broadcast each weekday at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Mojo 5.0 radio network. You can catch us live online on iHeartRadio or on demand wherever you get your podcasts. But this conversation never ends. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Right Now Jim Dawes. Shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com or call or text the vent line and leave your rants at 772-245-0750. Well, the uh, first domino fell yesterday. The Supreme Court considered a case out of Pennsylvania that Uh, the Democrat Supreme Court of Pennsylvania decided that they were going to overrule the uh, legislature and allow ballots that were received after Election Day to be counted. Even if they lacked a postmark, you would have to prove that a ballot was not mailed before the deadline in order to disqualify a ballot, and of course that cannot be done. So this overturns a a long-held precedent that courts have no roles in elections and that uh, the legislature sets the terms, the time, date, and conditions of elections. Justice John Roberts joined with the liberals in the Supreme Court of the United States yesterday and allowed this ruling from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to stand on a 5-5 vote the Supreme Court failed to overturn the ruling from the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. And this is uh, is yet another example of John Roberts, um, appointed by George W. Bush, splitting from the conservative majority on the court and joining in uh, with the leftists on the court. There's three of them there now. He joined yesterday, gave them four votes. There were four uh, Republican-appointed justices that voted against it, and so, for lack of a majority, this ruling gets to stand. This is amazingly hypocritical coming from John Roberts, who has, in the past, ruled just the opposite, that the courts had to defer to state legislatures in setting the time and date of voting. And I'm becoming more and more convinced that something's going on with John Roberts. 
I've spoke a long time on this show uh, letting you know that the National Security Administration has everybody's emails, text messages, and phone calls. And I think John Roberts is hiding something. I think John Roberts knows that uh, if he doesn't reverse entirely his whole judicial philosophy over a long uh, career that and, and join with the, the liberals on the court, that he is subject to be exposed. Lynn Wood, uh, the defamation of attorney, uh, attorney out of Atlanta, Georgia, has a theory on this. He notes that uh, on the Epstein flight logs for the Lolita Express, the name John Roberts appears, and nobody seems to know who this John Roberts is. Now, John Roberts is obviously a very common name. And Linwood has been asking um, repeatedly on social media, well, who is this John Roberts, and why does the revelation of these flight logs coincide so neatly with John Roberts' reversal on so many of his, uh, his judicial philosophies. But this ruling out of the Supreme Court yesterday is, it may be the death blow for the re-election of Donald Trump because in these uh, Democrat-controlled states, the district attorneys have been uh, filing to overrule the legislatures and enact new voting rules that would allow ballot harvesting with the excuse being given the COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, Pennsylvania is the least egregious of many. I think it was Wisconsin. They actually, the courts actually instituted a ruling that would allow an additional 12 days with no uh, postmark required and no uh, signature matching and no witnesses. So now that the Supreme Court has opened the door that, yes, the courts are going to get in and substitute their judgment for that of the elected representatives of the people in these state legislatures, this is a, this is a domino effect. These court rulings, by and large, have been overturned or put on a stay by federal appeals courts throughout the country. But now that they've made their way up to the Supreme Court on an expedited basis, it appears that John Roberts is going to side with the liberals. We shouldn't call them liberals anymore. They're leftists. And this, uh, this really illustrates the, the supreme importance of uh, getting Amy Coney Barrett confirmed as soon as possible. I know Chuck Schumer's up there trying to figure out delaying strategies so they can get as many of these rulings through as possible before she takes her seat. You know, I was talking about what do they have on these people? And if you've watched the behavior and the timid nature of the Republicans on the Senate Intelligence Committee and the Senate Judiciary Committee in defending this president, you have to wonder about that as well. Yesterday, the Senate Judiciary Committee postponed plans to vote on subpoenas that would compel uh, Jack Dorsey and Jeff Zuckerberg, maybe uh, also the CEO of Google, to come up to the Senate and testify on these uh, these bans that they have put on the New York Post story. 
I know that, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> the Mormon that's in the Senate, Mitt Romney, uh, is, is trying his best to get one more vote to, uh, to turn back these subpoenas. So, so here I am here. I'm going to get to it. The, uh, the Jeffrey Tubin story. I think this pro this uh, topic was probably explored pretty exhaustively on the morning mojo, but I'm going to, I'm going to do my part to, uh, to add to this body of information. <laughs> of course, you know that the New Yorker has suspended Jeffrey Tubin because he was on a zoom call jerking off. <laughs> oh my God. You know, there, there was a video on, uh, on Twitter for a long time of, uh, this happening on another zoom call, but now it's happened to none other than Jeffrey Tubin. It could not happen to a nicer guy. Apparently on this zoom call, they were, they were having a, an election war game and various participants in the call were representing different branches of government and different party officials and military and such as that. It was one of these war games that they were going to, you know, figure out how they can uh, best, overcome Donald Trump's election day winning margin. Jeffrey Tubin was playing the part of the courts. <laughs> and I couldn't help but wonder that, you know, given what we've seen from the courts for the last four years and indeed just yesterday, maybe Tubin was just taking his role a little too literally and uh, and did like the courts and uh and jerked off during the uh, while he was representing the courts. <laughs> I saw one clever remark today. They say that uh, Jeffrey Tubin was a master debater in law school. <laughs> I know that's a repeat from the Morning Mojo. So I've got a clip here. Uh, this is uh, some British humor on everybody working at home and on Zoom and the uh, the pitfalls that Jeffrey Tubin fell for. How are you? Oh, not bad, Anita. Good to see you. Terry, this is Gary and Michelle. I was telling you about them. Hello. Nice to meet you. Hi. Gary works from home as well, don't you, Gary? Oh, uh, you've given up the nine to five as well then, Terry? Well, I've only been doing it a few months, but... Uh... Takes a bit of getting used to. Well, look, I'll leave you boys to it. Michelle, come on. Some people I want you to meet. So, have you, uh, you know... What? You know... <laughs> got past the wanking stage yet. I beg your pardon? Don't pretend. You've got that look in your eye. Does it get any easier? You've just got to learn to control it. I mean, I wake up with the best of intentions, you know, I mean, streamline my business plan, market research, but... Within half an hour of the wife leaving the house, you're on the old internet. I mean, the first month, I did it so often I couldn't sit down. We've all been there. It's getting harder to explain to Anita why I'm not making any progress with the business, you know. I mean, I can't tell her that instead of phoning potential clients, I'm just frantically wanking off over the most mildly arousing image on daytime TV. See, you've just got to learn to timetable it properly. Really? It's like a reward system. You make a good phone call, have a wank to celebrate. Works for me. Sounds like a good idea. 
I mean, I nearly wanked the whole business away a couple of years ago. Had to claw it back from the brink. Hey, what are you boys colluding over? <laughs> so Jeffrey Tubin, sitting in front of his computer, apparently uh, hit the mute button and not understanding the difference between the mute and block the video. <laughs> the New York magazine where he, uh, he, uh, appears, uh, his columns appear has put him on suspension. If this was a, a Republican, that would be the top news story on all the newspapers. And, uh, they would have been, he would have been fired. What happened to the me too movement? Jeffrey Tubin was one of the, uh, the, uh, chief spreaders of the slanders against Brett Kavanaugh. So while I, you know, I'm kind of inclined to have a little sympathy for the poor boy who among us, but no, I don't think so. Not Jeffrey Tubin. See, that's one of the things that I find so frustrating about situations like this. You know, ultimately, a lot of trials, at least, they don't come down to, you know, if someone looks credible. They come down to the issue of corroboration. You know, are there other witnesses who back up their story? Are there documents? Now, here we're dealing with a situation pre-cell phones, pre-internet, pre-text uh, uh, pre, uh, you know, messages. So you're not going to have that kind of evidence. But, you know, there was a lot of courtroom evidence before those things things were invented and we have a week which is not a little time but it's it's not a lot of yeah that was uh, jeffrey tubin on cnn flogging the spurious uncorroborated debunked allegations against brett kavanaugh so this is a little bit of uh, karma biting jeffrey tubin in the butt or elsewhere we're gonna run out to a break stick with us we'll be right back this episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. So this, uh, this trickle, well, I guess it's not a trickle. This, uh, this flow of information from Hunter Biden's emails is starting to turn into a, uh, a, wa- a waterfall. It is absolutely just flooding out now. And one American news network, uh, Jack Posobiec broke a story yesterday that apparently shows shed some light on this three point five million dollars that Hunter Biden received from the uh, from the widow of the former mayor of Moscow. It appears uh, that what that was for was payment to Hunter Biden for his help in laundering funds. Yelena Butrina is the name of the uh, the widow and. Uh, on these emails, it shows that Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's business partner, is claiming that the firm had received $200 million from Yelena Butra. And it appears that uh, this is a way of laundering these funds to avoid U.S. sanctions. These emails were provided by a fellow named Matthew Tamarand, a former Hunter Biden, Devin Archer associate. He's doing time in jail 
and uh, he gave uh, the password to his email account to um, to Peter Schweitzer. They come directly from Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden's associates, Gmail. They're, these uh, documents are still posted on a, uh, hosted on Google servers. So it just, you have to wonder at some point, is all of this going to become too much for the Biden campaign to survive? At some point, might Hunter Biden throw in the towel? He's been hunkered down in his basement for the last four days. People are saying it's to rest up. I think what it is, is they're working around the clock on some sort of damage control strategy and trying to assess whether or not Joe Biden is going to be able to uh, ex- uh, step into the presidency, even if he overcomes this election coming up in two weeks now. You know, all of this plays into a pattern with Biden. Hunter Biden has been, uh, Joe Biden has been accepting bribes for his political influence bribes to his family that then shared it with him through back channels for a long time. Back in 2001, the MBNA credit card companies paid Hunter Biden consulting fees. And it just so happened during that very period of time from 2001 to 2005, Joe Biden was a major champion of legislation that would benefit NBNA by making it difficult, more difficult for consumers to declare bankruptcy and uh, default on their credit card debt and many other, uh, uh, you know, gifts to the credit card companies. After that legislation passed in 2005, lo and behold, Hunter Biden's consulting contract ended at the very same time. So this laptop is just going to be a constant treasure trove. These emails from the former Hunter Biden, Devin Archer business associate. And if Joe Biden does take the presidency, he is going to be dogged by this. At some point, you would think that the mainstream media would have to recover some shred of its dignity and acknowledge all of this. Trump is trying to overcome the media blackout on the New York uh, New York Post story on this and uh, highlighting this on his um, rally speeches. Joe Biden is always and has been a corrupt politician. And as far as I'm concerned, the Biden family is a criminal enterprise. If you read, if you read, if you read this uh, laptop, I tell you what. This is called the laptop from hell. The only (laughs) laptop that was almost as good, maybe worse, was the laptop of Anthony Weiner. You remember that? Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) It is. uh, I saw somebody posting on Twitter yesterday saying, uh, is this starting to feel a little bit like the the Truman Show to you? And it really is. These storylines are a little too pat. I mean, everything comes out in the end just the, exactly the way that Donald Trump and his supporters have been calling it. 
the media is losing their minds because Donald Trump called BS on on their uh, blockade of any information into this matter. Trump called the reporter a criminal for not covering Hunter Biden's story. That absolutely prompted a meltdown from the media on social uh, on the social sites. He said, "A journalist refusing to cover this is a criminal." Well, I mean, technically, the a journalist and the media not doing their job is not a crime. There's no statute against them being incompetent and in the tank for a corrupt political party. But it is criminal. It is absolutely, there's no other word to, to call it. What the media are engaged in is, is criminal. Now it doesn't violate the law, but it's, (laughs) there's no other word to describe it. It's criminal what they're doing. And, you know, I guess this is not going to, do any favors for Trump in the media, but they weren't going to do him any favors anyway. So he might as well call it like it is. Trump has been calling him fake news since uh, before 2016. And they, they most certainly are. And they've spent the last four years trying to get revenge by becoming ever more separated from actual news. And now they're, they, they've got the biggest political scandal, at least in, their careers, probably a good argument can be made that it's the biggest political scandal in this nation's history. It's dropped in their lap. And they're giving it a blackout. They're trying to discredit it. They're sowing disinformation. And it's all because they want to avoid a repeat of what happened to them in 2016. They, you remember that night in 2016. The media still hasn't recovered from it. And uh, they're having flashbacks and anxiety attacks because it kind of looks like the same uh, scenario is playing out right now. They're very hopeful. They're optimistic. A glass ceiling they're hoping to symbolically burst through tonight. Super excited. Want to make sure that I'm here to experience history. What we see from the early returns is that her ground game has really delivered. Let me tell you this. It is Florida, Florida, Florida. Donald Trump has taken the lead in Florida. Talking to some of my colleagues at Trump Tower just a few minutes ago, there's a little optimism here. No one thought it was going to be this close at this point. Uh, Trump can still win this so thing. We have another state to project it as the state of North Carolina. Big battleground state. It's going to Donald Trump. I was actually ready to go to bed. Uh, and then I started seeing the Electoral College come in. And I'm like super psyched. This is going to be a very close election. I'm seeing these late-breaking trends. This could hand Trump the presidency. Folks, this is not by any means over. I think there's some real jitter setting in and Clinton had quarters right now. Wolf, the scene here is so different than it was a few hours ago when people were happy and relaxed. This is most unexpected. Certainly is a huge, huge surprise to so many people out there. I think we all thought it couldn't happen, that he couldn't do what he did, and guess what? 
he may just do it. Donald Trump has taken the lead. He has 216 electoral this votes. This is truly the beginning of the end for Hillary Clinton's campaign. He is campaign. pulling ahead of Hillary Clinton. You see it right there. Discuss the number of groups who are likely feeling real fear right now. You've got women. <laughs> so this, uh, all of what we've seen this year with the, the ballot harvesting schemes and the pandemic and the lockdowns, and the media and social media tech titans suppressing information. It's all about trying to prevent a repeat of what happened to them in 2016. They just will not have, will not accept the idea that the American people get to decide their leaders. And they're using every avenue, every lever of power to try to prevent that from happening again. we got to run out to a break when we come back. We're going to take a look at the Russian disinformation smear and the Truth and Reconciliation Commissions right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder if Joe Biden isn't having second thoughts about this whole presidential thing. He's just got too much baggage that he's bringing into this office. And if the Republicans are able to hold on to one of the houses of congress it's going to uh, it's going to all come out because there's just too much information out there now as a result of all these hunter biden emails he's hunkered down in his basement with his crisis control team trying to figure out a way to spin this narrative and uh, he's pretty low energy yesterday he's sort of spent as a politician i think he believed that his last office was going to be vice president so he uh, he just let it rip as far as allowing Hunter Biden and, and his brother James Biden and sister Sarah to, to really monetize his office and, in fact, delivering uh, on, on their, uh, their corruption with these foreign governments. I can only imagine the hell that he is seeing. You know, his family is all going to be drugged through this. They're going to be up there testifying on Capitol Hill like they did to Trump's uh, children and family and associates. It's going to be a bloodbath. Donald Trump pointed out that, uh, you know, at his rally in Prescott, Arizona yesterday about Joe Biden being hunkered down in his basement. They put the lid on it. Every day you wake up, where's Biden today? Sir, uh, he's uh, littered out. He's lit it out. What does that mean? That means he's going to stay in the basement all day. But I think uh, today he's staying in the basement to talk to his lawyers. They caught him, Cole. 
They caught him, Carlos. That lock him up chant drives them crazy, of course, because that is what really needs to happen. If if there were a one system of justice, if uh, nobody is truly above the law, that's exactly what would have happened by now to Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and probably a great many others in Congress as well. I'll, I'll tell you something, and I mean this. So he is lucky that we have in our country, and they don't appreciate, a wonderful human being and the most fair attorney general of the United States. Because I know people that would have had him locked up five weeks ago. Bill Barr is a very nice man and a very fair man, and they have no idea. Well, that's one way of putting it. So Bill Barr, here's what I think about Bill Barr. I think Bill Barr came in to try to right the ship and, uh, and, and preserve the Department of Justice, you know, try to clear out some of the wrongdoing. I don't think he's ever going to really prosecute people for the wrongdoing in 2016 or Joe Biden's wrongdoing now. Certainly, if the dossier, which was obviously fake, called for a special counsel against Donald Trump. Don't you think these Hunter Biden emails would count for a uh, call for a special counsel against Joe Biden? You're damn right they would. I think the president has the authority to order that as well. And if he, uh, if he does lose this election, the very last service he could provide to the American people is to appoint a special counsel uh, to dig into Joe Biden's crimes of course the media continues to beat this drum of russian disinformation anything that makes a democrat look bad is russian disinformation you had this clip from the today show yesterday where they didn't cover the actual uh substance of what was in joe biden or hunter biden's emails they just took off on smearing the people that had discovered and were exploring this information, Russian disinformation. They're, they're stooges of Vladimir Putin. And of course they're taking their talking points from, um, from these Democrats, Chris Murphy, who sits on the intelligence committee tweeted out Joe Biden and all of us should be furious that media outlets are spreading what is very likely Russian propaganda. Well, first of all, they're not spreading it. Only a very small handful of media outlets are Chris Murphy goes on to say, I've seen the Intel, the mainstreaming of Russian disinformation and Russia's 2020 goal. What we here's what we know and what we can't take lying down. Russia knew it had to play a different game than in 2016. You know, we never have really seen what this massive interference in the 2016 election was from Russia was supposed to have been. We do know that the WikiLeaks were not, uh, uh, the DNC emails were not hacked and provided to WikiLeaks. It was an internal leak. Even CrowdStrike, the Democrats' own uh, cybersecurity contractor admitted that there was no Russian, no proof of Russian hacking. 
Murphy goes on, so it built an operation to call virtually pro-Trump Americans as pseudo-assets so blind in their allegiance to Trump that they're willing to launder Kremlin-constructed anti-Biden propaganda. Really. These people are very skilled in their, their dishonest fictions. None more so than Adam Schiff, of course. Here's a clip of him on CNN. Well, we know that this whole uh, smear on Joe Biden uh, comes from the Kremlin. But clearly, the only- do we do we know that? Do we know that? <laughs> I don't think we do. The Kremlin and the president is only too happy to have Kremlin help in, in trying to amplify it. I think we know who the driving force behind this smear has been all along, and it's been uh, the president and the Kremlin. He's been the gift that doesn't stop giving for the Kremlin. And this this particular smear, though, uh, has also been acknowledged to come from the Kremlin. Uh, and there it is in the Oval Office, another wonderful propaganda coup for Vladimir Putin, seeing the president of the United States holding up a newspaper, promoting Kremlin propaganda. It's really incredible. You know who is the number one propagator of Russian disinformation in this country is Adam Schiff. No one person has been responsible for more Russian disinformation than Pencil Neck. And he's on there just blatantly lying. He spent all of the years of the Mueller investigation and the Ukraine impeachment from his perch as chairman of the House Intelligence Committee just lying to the American people about what the actual intelligence showed. And he's back out there doing it again. You know, before... Adam Schiff became a politician. He was a frustrated screenwriter out there in Los Angeles. So he's very skilled at crafting um, fiction, very dramatic fiction. And he has put those skills to good work as a, a Democrat politician who, you know, that is one of the key uh, skills you need to have to be a Democrat politician. One problem is now we have... You know, people that are uh, willing to tell the truth, and John Radcliffe has taken over as chair, as director of the National Intelligence Agency that knows all of the intelligence that American intelligence agencies actually have, and he called Adam Schiff out. Uh, it is Adam Schiff, the chairman of the House Intelligence uh, Committee, who, uh, as you pointed out on Friday, said that the intelligence community believes that Hunter Biden's laptop and the emails on it are, are part of some Russian disinformation campaign. Let me be clear, the intelligence community doesn't believe that uh, because there's no intelligence that supports that. And we have shared no intelligence with Chairman Schiff or any other member of Congress that Hunter Biden's laptop is part of some Russian disinformation campaign. It's simply not true. So you've got Chris Murphy and Adam Schiff, Chuck Schumer, pretty much all of the Democrat media complex out there spreading actual disinformation. You could call it Russian disinformation because it claims that Russia is behind Hunter Biden's laptops. But even Biden's own campaign spokesperson won't deny. Can anyone say that these emails are? Won't deny that these are in fact Hunter Biden's emails. I don't think anybody uh, has said these emails or text messages are false. And if so, which ones are false? And how are they false? And 
They're not even claiming that. So these claims are coming from anonymous sources and media hacks, and that's it. On Sunday, a Biden campaign surrogate called Jenna Arnold acknowledged that on this channel. Watch this. Can anyone say that these emails are inauthentic? And so far, I haven't heard anybody say that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think anybody's saying okay, they so, are so, inauthentic. Me... She's admitting right there that nobody in the campaign, this is Jenna Arnold, is saying that they're not authentic. What she's doing is she's trying to put it on record that they're not denying this because they don't want to be caught out after the election as having lied about it. So they send their campaign spokesperson to, uh, you know, a, a lowly rated Fox News show to let this out so that they can refer back to the clip. When after the election, we see that, in fact, these were Joe uh, Hunter Biden's emails detailing Joe Biden's corruption. Joe Biden has called a lid for Going on five days now, it'll be a full week by the time the debate rolls around. He doesn't want to be put on the spot ahead of the debates and allow this uh, this story any oxygen, so he's just hiding out, huddling with his lawyers and his crisis control team. We're going to run out to a break. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Rebel rousers, instigators, makers, freaks, agitators, fanatics, scallywags, mutants, scamps, firebrands, rogues, scoundrels, mojo sexuals, mojo five o. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID nineteen testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive-through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Rebel rousers, instigators, makers, freaks, free agitators, fanatics, scallywags, mutants, scamps, firebrands, rogues, scoundrels, mojo sexuals, mojo five o. So the Presidential Debate Commission has decided that it no longer wants to talk about foreign policy at Thursday's upcoming debate. That topic would highlight uh, Joe Biden's utter failure in the area of foreign policy and link it directly to his family taking payoffs in the Ukraine and Russia and China and Iraq and other nations that Joe Biden was the point man on America's foreign policy. And America's foreign policy under Joe Biden was an utter and complete failure in protecting the actual interests of this nation. So the debate commission has decided, well, we're not going to talk about that anymore. (laughs) We're going to talk about global warming and COVID and everything, all of the spun up narratives that we've used to smear Trump for the last four years. And on top of that, the debate commission has bowed to a demand from the Biden campaign to mute Donald Trump's microphone. Now you can say, well, they're going to mute Joe Biden's microphone too. Joe Biden wants them to mute his microphone. He wants to speak as little as possible on these topics on Thursday night. No, what they're going to do is keep Donald Trump from calling out Joe Biden's lies and uh, 
and putting him on the spot with tough questions that are most certainly not going to be asked by Kristen Wilker. If you look at the selection of moderators, the choice of topics, and the conduct of these debates, you can't come away with any other conclusion, but the, the debate commission is acting as a, an arm of the Biden campaign. Now they're not going to moot the debate moderator. So you can bet that every time Donald Trump gets ready to make a point, that's really going to, to, uh, expose Joe Biden, that Kristen Wilker is going to step in and try to stomp on his message and get him off topic. Here's a clip from John Roberts over at Fox News uh, saying that uh, it appears they're doing this because the Biden campaign wanted it. One of the things that has been kicked around in the last 24 hours is this idea of the moderator having a mute button so that if the candidates refuse to stop interrupting each other or go over their time, they could just push the button and cut off the microphone. A source close to the negotiations told Fox News just a couple of minutes ago about that idea, quote, that was a specific request made at a negotiating meeting yesterday morning by Biden debate negotiator Brady Williamson. The meeting was at 9 a.m. Hours later, the commission issued their statement about changing the structure the mute button is a biden ask so they're they're uh submitting to the demands of the challenger without the trump campaign even being on the call it's basically a call from the debate commission uh hey joe i know you've been hunkered down in your basement for the last several days have y'all come up with the the best rules that we can impose on this debate to keep from exposing Joe Biden. It's really unbelievable. But if you look at, you know, Chris Wallace's selection and his questions and his interference in the debate, Steve Scully that was exposed as colluding with Anthony Scaramucci before the second debate, which they promptly canceled after Trump insisted that it be in person. There can't be any doubt that this debate commission is acting as a, uh, a, a an arm of the Biden campaign. Steve Forbes, who you know I'm sort of uh, ambivalent toward, uh, had some good views on this. When Trump demanded it stick to the original agreement, the commission arrogantly canceled the debate. Too bad these debates overseers decided to play politics here because the American people badly need a real discussion on the profound differences between the two men on the economy, health care, foreign policy, urban unrest, and so much else. The commission was created over 30 years ago as a nonprofit by the two political parties to sponsor and produce debates for major presidential and vice presidential candidates. It gets funding from foundations and corporations. Let me tell you why the debate commission was created 30 years ago. It was because they never wanted uh, to have a, uh, a, a chance, however small, of a third party like uh, Ross Perot mounted 30 years ago of getting on that debate stage and making the two establishment parties look foolish. Now that very same debate commission is mobilizing because uh, an outside force has taken over one of the major parties and is 
is uh, upsetting their gravy train. So have you seen all of this talk about establishing a so-called Truth and Reconciliation Commission if Joe Biden wins the election? They basically want to have trials of Trump uh, officials and his supporters to make them admit that they were wrong and beg forgiveness in order for them to be granted reconciliation. And you know that this is the case because of the unhinged uh, quarters that it's coming from and the, on the left side of the political spectrum, Robert Reich, he tweeted when this nightmare is over, referring to the Trump campaign or the Trump administration, when this nightmare is over, we need a truth and reconciliation commission. It would erase Trump's lies, comfort those who have been harmed by his hatefulness and name every official politician, executive and media mogul whose greed and cowardice enabled this catastrophe. What exactly is this catastrophe that Robert Reich and the Democrats keep referring to record employment? securing the border, reforming our trade deals, keeping us out of foreign wars. These, in the view of the establishment in Washington, are catastrophes because those were the very policies that they based their power and wealth on. Chris Hayes, the uh, Rachel Maddow lookalike over at MSNBC, said the most humane and reasonable way to deal with all these people. I thought these people was a, a, a taboo term. The most humane and reasonable way to deal with all these people, if we survive this, is some kind of truth and reconciliation commission. Well, if you know the history of that term, truth and reconciliation commission, it is a uh, a, a kangaroo court set up by the winners to punish the losers on a political contest. Ali Belchi, also over at MSNBC, the one that was famous for standing in the middle of a burning city block and saying this is a peaceful demonstration, said this. Let me take an example like the uh, Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa, uh, because it's a good example because apartheid went on for a long time. But basically, people would come before that commission and admit there was a truth telling. They would say, I did this. And that was the birth of the concept of re, uh, uh, reconciliation. And if you didn't admit that you were wrong in true Orwellian fashion, they would punish you. Sort of like the old witch trials. If you admit you're a witch, you are a witch. And if you deny you're a witch, then they will burn you at the stake. And it's really mind-boggling because it's actually been the Democrats who have engaged in this disinformation and this, this frenzied witch hunt against Donald Trump and his supporters. You haven't seen Trump supporters out in the streets of American cities burning, looting, assaulting, and murdering. Maybe we should have our own Truth and Reconciliation Commission and drag Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton up there and make them admit to their long years of corruption. Make, make the Democrat Party admit to every four years trying to incite racial division in this country.
in order to write it to power. Make the media come forward and admit that they have not been doing their job, that they have perverted their whole entire profession for the political agenda, for their their, uh, masters that own these outlets. And the latest example, I mean, the most recent example you can think of is the New York Times articles on Trump's tax returns. They published those without hesitation. It was all over social media. Nobody actually saw these tax returns. Nobody questioned their validity. And they entirely misrepresented what they actually showed. They said, oh, Trump only paid $750 in taxes during 2016 and 17. Fact of the matter is, if you read all the way to the end of the long-winded article that's designed to keep you from reading all the way to the end of it, you find out that he had filed tax extensions in 2016 and 2017, and with those extensions had prepaid $5.2 million. When he actually filed his taxes, it turned out that he owed less than the $5.2 million that he paid And he left that money on account with the IRS for future payments. The $750 he paid in each of those years when he filed, ultimately filed his taxes after prepaying was, uh, was just a fee for filing that extension. They want to drag us before truth and reconciliation commissions. I wonder if anybody on the right side of the political spectrum would be willing to ignore their own political principles and subject them to the same truth and reconciliation commission, I don't think they would do too well. And I do think that Donald Trump is going to win this election. Governor Gretchen Whitmere is on TV telling people that, uh, I mean, basically what she's saying, if you don't vote for sleepy Joe Biden, that these lockdowns are going to continue. And if you want them to end, you better vote for Joe. This is a gravely serious moment for all of us. And if you're tired Mm -hmm. of lockdowns or you're tired of wearing masks or you wish you were in church this morning or watching college football or your kids were in person instruction, it is time for change in this country. And that's why we've got to elect Joe Biden. So if you want my lockdowns to end, you better vote for Joe or we will continue to punish you. She looks like the, um, the female version of big brother. Well, we continue to march toward election day, two weeks out. I've already voted. I hope you have too. I hope you've taken all your friends and family that, uh, that wanted to go to the polls. And the big story today is not going to be Hunter Biden's laptop. It's going to be Jeffrey Tubin's ding-a-ling. Here's a clip from the Seinfeld episode, very reminiscent of this episode. Hey. Hello. So? What? Come on. How was your date? 
Oh, the date. The date. Yeah, how was it? Interesting. Really? Oh, yeah. Why, what happened? Let's see. How shall I put this? Well, just put it. He took it out. He what? He took it out. He took what out? It. He took it out? Yes, sirree, Bob. He couldn't. He did. Well, you were involved in some sort of amorous... No. You mean he just... Yes. Are you sure? Oh, quite. There was no mistaking it? Jerry. So you were talking, mm-hmm. you are having a pleasant conversation, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden... Yeah. It. It. Out. Out. Well, I, I can't believe this. I know Phil. He, he's a good friend of mine. We play softball together. How could this be? Oh, it be. Hey, how was your date with Phil Totola? He took it out. <laughs> some air. You know, sometimes they need air. They can't breathe in there. It's inhuman. (laughs) Oh, my God. It couldn't happen to a nicer guy. And it's a perfect representation of CNN. I hear Anderson Cooper and Don Lamont are fighting over the first interview to deeply dig into this episode. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope you'll come back here again tomorrow, right here on the Mojo 5-0. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC.